Live from Smitty1.com Studios, it's the Fantasy Football Show. Live! Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. What is going on, everybody? This is your boy, Smitty. Live a little early today. Uh, little Smitty the first has a recital. Can't be avoided. Have to go take care of that. So I had to... I was going to pre-record this, but I'm th- I thought, you know what? I'm just going live early. I'm just going live early to talk about this Trey Lance nonsense. Going live early on YouTube here. Talking about Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, and which one of these wide receivers you take in the redraft. Obviously, the answer is probably going to be Hill. But which wide receiver do you take in the dynasty? I think uh, I think a lot of you might be surprised by my answer being overwhelmingly Waddle uh, for a number of reasons. But uh, apologize again that we're here early today. Again, Little Smitty the first has a recital at the exact time that this show would normally be going on. We cannot miss that. Uh, so I was going to pre-record this and I thought I'll just jump on and do the show live. Uh, so appreciate everybody being here. Um, I'm also on Twitter spaces, uh, live on the fantasy football show live on YouTube. Let me put live on YouTube, uh, put that in the, in the title here. So we all have Twitter spaces jumping in to talk about this. So I know you guys think, Oh, Smitty talking about the Niners again. Look, I only talk about the Niners. I, I, this is not a Niners show, and, and I hear that a lot, which uh, kind of frustrates me because on YouTube, I go out of my way to make sure I'm talking about mainly relevant information only. But Trey Lance is in the news. There is not a lot of news today, and Trey Lance is in the news. He's in the news all the time because it, it's it's crazy how many people want to doubt this kid walking into a sophomore season. And Trey Lance, I'm not a Niner fan. I'm a Trey Lance supporter, I'm an analyst, and I'm a Trey Lance fan. A lot of people call me Trey Lance's agent because there's not too many people on this planet that are higher on Trey Lance than I am, and there's good reason behind that, because Trey Lance is going to be a star, and it's it's head-scratching me, head-scratching to me, number one, that people doubt this kid before he's even had an opportunity to fail or succeed, and it's crazy he's not given the benefit of the doubt, like so many other players walking into their sophomore season. You've got Herbert and Burrow and Mahomes and a long list of quarterbacks that were given proper opportunities to to prove they could do it. And you have these reports constantly coming out. People are bored. They're trying to make a statement. They're trying to take an educated guess to suggest that, oh, Jimmy G is going to start at some point or Jimmy G is eventually going to get the nod by Shanahan. Now, Shanahan's a, a, a problem here because he is very tempted to, to, I think, look to Jimmy G. And I think we're all fearful of that. Us, us Trey Lance supporters are fear, fearful that an injury or something weird, not a normal circumstance, Trey's going to blow Jimmy out of the water. But if, like, Trey got banged up in a weird circumstance or a weird, uh, you know, lead up into the season, and let's say he wasn't practicing for, like, the first, the last three weeks heading into week one or something, in a normal situation where Jimmy wasn't on the roster, Trey would just get ready for week one as fast as he could and go out there. The only concern and fear I have is that Trey gets banged up in a weird kind of way, Jimmy goes and commands the offense for two or three weeks leading into week one and then Shanahan sticks with him or something. So I'm not naive and I'm not an idiot 
thinking that that's not a possibility with Shanahan in control making these quarterback decisions that he normally makes. Shanahan, as much as a lot of Niner people don't want to hear this, is a bad coach. He is a phenomenal offensive coordinator. He is a phenomenal X's and O's offensive mind, a scheme guy, but he's an awful head coach right now. He's made horrible quarterback decision after quarterback decision. He's passed on Tom Brady, called Tom Brady marginally better than Jimmy G, which is almost unforgivable. It really is. And then passing on Deshaun Watson, Mahomes, and then drafting, mortgaging your future for Trey Lance and not using him last season when last season was now a nothing. It was now a nothing. Like, yeah, you, you made it far, great, but you didn't win the big game. So what was the point? Why not put Trey out there when Trey had proven in that Texan game he was ready? He proved he was ready. And yet, Shanahan decided not to use him. Shanahan is not yet a good head coach. No matter what anybody wants to say or how they want to defend that, he's not a good head coach. He is such a good offensive coordinator that it, it'll mask how bad of a coach he is at times. Takes his foot off the gas. Look at, if you don't think Shanahan, if you think Shanahan's a good coach right now, He's a good offensive coordinator, amazing offensive coordinator. I think people mix that up. His offensive coordinator skills save him and make him look like a good coach. He's not a good coach. A good coach wouldn't have given Debo Samuel one touch in the second half of that NFC Championship game. So am I saying that Shanahan can't become a good head coach? No, I'm not, I'm not saying he can't. I'm saying he's not there yet. And it's situations like this where he's letting this massive uh, controversy fester and, and and not taking care of this Trey Lance and Jimmy G fiasco from the jump. It, he should have cut him last year. When you drafted Trey Lance and mortgaged your future, you should have ripped the Band-Aid off and committed to Trey Lance. But he didn't. Then, all year long, he lets this back and forth happen and never puts Trey in. And Trey should have stayed in. He should have stayed in from that Houston Texan game on. I was absolutely blown away by his inability to understand the situation and to literally go back to Jimmy G for what? A lot of people said he went back to Jimmy G because they needed to build up trade value. And what did I say constantly? Phantom trade value? We don't know if you'll be able to actually trade him. Why not just not worry about that and start building for the future? Now look what happened. Now you're sitting here trying to still trade Jimmy G. And now Shanahan's got a backup plan which I firmly believe is in place. I do not believe the team wants to cut Jimmy G. I think the team will try and trade Jimmy G. And if they can't trade Jimmy G, they will retain Jimmy G and keep him on the roster. And a lot of people don't want to hear that, but that's just the, the, the way Shanahan operates. And that's part of him not being a good head coach. He's a great offensive mind. He's a great offensive coordinator. Sometimes that offensive mind and coordinator uh, uh, a brain of his makes him look like a, a great coach. But he makes horrible personnel decisions around the quarterback time and time and time again. He doesn't understand the temperature of the situation. And now he's literally letting this fester more. And I don't believe Trey's not Trey's gonna blow Jimmy G out of the water. If Trey Lance can't blow Jimmy G out of the water this offseason while Jimmy can't even throw the football. If this offense doesn't start changing and morphing into a Trey Lance-led offense where you're blocking differently for Trey than you are, Jimmy, you're, you're going to mold and shape this offense into a different offensive attack. 
It's not going to be Jimmy G's offense anymore. If Trey can't take control and blow Jimmy G out of the water, he's not that guy. And I firmly believe he's that guy. He can be a top five quarterback at the NFL level right away, right out of the gate. I firmly believe that. I think Trey's going to be so lights out on the field. This will be laughable. This will be Mahomes versus Alex Smith. It's exactly what it is. Patrick Mahomes and Alex Smith is the same scenario as Trey Lance, Jimmy G. People are soon going to feel, they're going to realize that. They're going to realize that. And it, it's going to happen fast. The, the question will always be, if Jimmy G's on the roster, is will there be some weird scenario that makes Shanahan plug Jimmy G into the roster and some weirder scenario where he just doesn't pull him back out? Like, oh, we're just going to keep him in. That's the only problem. And that's that's a possibility during the season. It's not a possibility right now. Trey Lance will blow Jimmy G out of the water. Even if Jimmy could throw right now, which he can't, Trey Lance will blow him out of the water. Jimmy G can't dream of doing the things Trey Lance can do. Trey Lance has got a cannon of an arm. He's going to launch the ball downfield in ways that Jimmy G can't even dream about. He's going to place the ball all over, throw from all platforms, be mobile, give Shanahan that mobile quarterback he's been wanting, help the defense game plan against mobile quarterbacks in practice because now this this kid is helping train this defense to be able to contain mobile quarterbacks, which have always been a problem for the Niners defense with Kyler and mobile guys. So it's going to be an, an, an amazing year for Trey as long as he stays healthy. Now, injury is my concern. But if you think Trey Lance doesn't have the skill set to be the next great quarterback you haven't watched football. I'm telling you right now, trust your boy Smitty. Trey Lance has the tools. It's Shanahan that's the problem. It's Shanahan that's the only threat at all at this point. Um, appreciate everybody being here. Sorry we're, we're a little early today. Mealy was first in the building. Jeremy second. Vamp was third. Uh, Navage was was fourth. Sean, uh, Domestic, uh, Kerry, uh, Realist. Appreciate you all being here. Terry. Uh, D2W Stew, guys, uh, go to my, I'm, let me grab this, this Twitter link. D2W, D2W Stew is, uh, one of our, our OGs and he's been going through some stuff. He's fighting a, a, a cancer battle. And so there's a GoFundMe that he has that I would like to drop a link. Uh, just so anybody wants to support this man, they can go ahead and, and drop a, 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 a GoFundMe. Uh, no pressure to, to, to pledge or do anything. Um, but I just wanted to, those that know D2W Stew, want to make sure you have this link available and you aren't like, oh God, I didn't even know about that. So I want to drop that. It's a tweet that I have. You can drop a nice comment, uh, encouraging comment if you want, if that's all you want to do. I'm dropping that tweet right now in the chat. I'm going to pin it real quick and it'll be in the YouTube uh, chat uh, live chat pinned. That's D2W Stew's uh, GoFundMe um, as, he, as he fights his, uh, his cancer battle and that'll help 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 him out so if uh, you guys can do that I, I went ahead and pinned that link in the live chat d2 we're with you pal uh, appreciate you you're an og you're an og here and i uh, can't thank you enough um for for being here uh guys in spaces appreciate you being here as well uh and let's get on to the rest of the show it's gonna be a shorter show today i'm gonna play uh i'm gonna end the spaces in a little bit um, but, uh, if you guys got a question in spaces, please raise your hand and come up and, and ask it. But King, you always have something to say. Uh, I, I, I just want to leave this Trey Lance 
thing right here, and this is all I'm going to say, and then we're going to move on to Waddle and Lance and, and or sorry, Waddle and Hill. Um, I, I'm telling you right now, if you believe your boy Smitty in terms of talent and skill set, now could I be wrong about Trey? Certainly. Uh, I'm not always right. I'm not always right. I'm going to miss some. I'm going to land some. You wouldn't be here watching the show and being a part of this community on YouTube and, and spaces here uh, if, if, if you didn't have success with a lot of what I say. I'm not saying I won't be wrong here. Shanahan is a wild card. If I'm being completely honest, this man is a problem. And, and that's why I've said, I said all last year that he wasn't yet a good head coach. That's why I'm saying right now he's not a good head coach because a good head coach wouldn't allow these problems to fester. And 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 he's an, ama- an amazing offensive coordinator. And I think that will mask and continue to mask some of his deficiencies as a head coach. Now, let me tell you this, though. The moment Shanahan, the moment Shanahan commits to Trey Lance, the moment Trey Lance is out there, and, and I, I believe he's fully committed to him right now. I'm just saying once we get to the season and, and no injuries happen and Trey's in there, Trey is going to make Shanahan look near flawless at times because guess what? Jimmy G couldn't audible out of a bad play call or taking a foot off the gas pedal during a game or not getting the ball in the playmaker's hands. Trey Lance can improvise. Trey Lance will save Shanahan from bad play calls. Trey Lance will make Shanahan look great. Trey Lance will mask all of Shanahan's weaknesses to some extent. And that's why I love Trey Lance in this offense, in this scheme, because Shanahan is an amazing offensive mind. And if you if you plug these two guys together, you're going to have greatness. I think once Shanahan realizes that, he can start developing as a coach because he can start trusting his quarterback. He hasn't trusted his quarterback before. You might say, yeah, he does. That's why he loves Jimmy G. No, the reason he loves Jimmy G is the exact opposite of trust. He likes to control him. And he likes to make sure that he has this, this entire thing going the way exactly the way he wants. He doesn't like to let somebody take control. Why do you think he didn't want Tom Brady on roster? He didn't want a person on the roster that knew more than him. He didn't want a he didn't want a person on the roster that literally couldn't be told what to do. That's that's one reason why he didn't want Tom Brady on this roster. Let's be honest, his ego was in the way. And in the moment Trey Trey and and Shanahan are married together, Shanahan will be gone if Trey fails. And I think part of the reason he hasn't kickstarted this is because he knows once he sends that that train in motion, if the train gets derailed, which is Lance or crashes, which is Lance, Lance, he's done because he is attached to Trey Lance. He hasn't wanted to kickstart that part, that final stretch. And it, it's fear. It's fear and it's stubbornness. To kickstart it isn't sending him on a path of destruction. That might be subconsciously what he's worried about. I don't know. But once he sends this train in motion, it's going to be great. It's going to be good. He needs to realize he's he's delaying when he creates this controversy and this chaos, he's delaying what's going to happen, which is greatness. Trey's going to be great. Trey's going to be a top five to six quarterback in the NFL. And it might happen in year one right out of the gate. Why, you ask? Well, let me ask you why you're so, you were so not, well, you were hell-bent against, a lot of you were hell-bent against the, the, the Joe Burrow predictions that I had and that the Bengals will win the division and all that. Why can't you see 
if you're a Trey Lance doubter, I'm not talking to the majority of the people in my live stream, but if you're a Trey Lance doubter, why can't you see that his situation is better than Burroughs was walking into last year a Super Bowl run? An appearance in the Super Bowl during a season where a lot of people doubted them walking into the year, but this kid, Joe Burrow, was in a worse situation than Trey Lance. Not only was he dealing with an ACL tear, but his offense was, he had offensive line issues. They weren't near as equipped offensively and defensively defensively as Trey Lance is in San Francisco. Maybe Joe Burrow had more games played before he tore his ACL, about 10 games. I know he had more college experience, whatever. But, But you can't discredit Trey's situation and how that makes up for a little less playing time as a rookie. He still played as a rookie. I don't consider this his rookie year. I hate when people say, this is going to be Trey Lance's rookie year. He's going to learn. He's got to read defenses. It can be a bad year. It's okay if it's a bad year. It's okay if Trey doesn't develop this year. He doesn't have to have a good... I'm tired of... Don't don't make excuses for him. He's going to come out firing on all cylinders. Trey, There's no reason Trey Lance can't be as good as Joe Burrow and Herbert were their sophomore years. Or Mahomes... His sophomore year. If everybody everybody just acts like this is gonna be a gimme year. Like it's I'm not I don't ever think like that. I'm not gonna think like that. I'm not gonna give Trey Lance a way out to have a bad season. He's gonna ball out. He's got offensive weapons that no one else has. This is a top five offense in the NFL with Ayuk, Debo, Kittle, Mitchell, a run game that because of Trey Lance's presence will probably average a half a yard more per carry between the tackles, not even including Trey Lance's running. Trey Lance could run for, I don't know, six, seven, eight hundred yards and maybe seven to eight touchdowns on the ground, which is going to open up the the, the offense. It's going to space everybody out the whole defense will be this much more spread out every single time Trey Lance is on the field versus Jimmy G. Spread out offenses, create more space. Debo Samuel's going to do damage. And if if Gray's used properly, this is going to be insane. Uh, let me let me bring up uh, Jesse real quick. Jesse, what's up, Jesse? Go ahead and fire away. Um, And, and I'll get to the voicemails after this. Jesse, what's up, man? Smitty, you've been muted the whole time on the uh, Twitter side, just an FYI. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, my my fault, bro. Thanks, Jesse. I don't know why it start. I don't know why it started to be off on mute. That's disappointing. Um. Uh, yeah. So I don't know if you heard a thing I said on YouTube, but um, I I'm just I'm just frustrated with a. I'm frustrated with Shanahan. Um, I think he creates a, a mess that doesn't need to be created. I think he's scared of Trey. Um, I don't believe any of these reports. These reports are, are BS right now. Like, oh, th- Jimmy this, Jimmy that, Trey this. Tra-. Like, this is all smoke. But the problem is, the reason the smoke is here is because freaking Shanahan can't make a decision. And so it's frustrating to me to watch all this unnecessary chaos that probably does add a little pressure to Trey. It probably does create enough social media chaos that it could slightly affect his confidence now he's he's risen up before with with a with a player on uh, you know nipping at his at his heels in college and and you know that transfer i forget his name was supposed to take over for him high level transfer came in 
uh, to North Dakota State and and was gonna was gonna take over. Um, but uh, but uh, he didn't. He didn't because Trey beat him out. Trey was phenomenal. I believe Trey's first touch was uh, in college was like some. I think it was like a fifty or sixty yard run. Like Trey knows how to deliver when the pressure is there. I have no doubt about that. But it would be smoother. There's a reason the best coach in the history of the NFL, Bill Belichick, cut Cam Newton after a very productive preseason leading into Mac Jones's first year. He didn't want the controversy. It was a, an amazing, smart move by a head coach that was committed to his quarterback. Not getting rid of Jimmy G shows a slight bit of hesitant, hesitancy. And you're you're lying to yourself if you fee, if you say you don't fear that during the season or during a weird injury type of situation that Shanahan wouldn't be capable of saying, well, Lance is hurt. Let's run Jimmy out there for the week. And then, and then all of a sudden that turns into just keeping him out there. Like that's Shanahan's capable of that. If people don't really believe that they're lying to themselves because Shanahan is 100% capable of that. That's why I don't want Jimmy on the roster. It's not that Trey won't beat him out. Trey's going to look phenomenal. He's got all the time in the world. Jimmy's not even throwing. If Trey can't beat Jimmy out, Trey's not the guy. Trey doesn't deserve the job. Trey will beat him out. Trey will blow him out of the water. It's those weird, weird injury situations that could lead to Jimmy getting in the lineup, and I don't want him on the roster anymore. And I think that this is this is just absolutely insane that, that we're dealing with this still. It's it's on the coach. It's and it, for people that don't want to hear this, I'm sorry. But, but this is why Shanahan is not yet a good head coach. I'm not saying he can't become a good head coach, but this is why he's not a good head coach. He's botched quarterback after quarterback after quarterback decision-making, and he's such a good offensive coordinator that when he's good, when he's on fire, when his offenses are, are going to an NFC championship, it's because he's a great offensive coordinator. People think that that means he's a great coach. It's his coaching that's always held him back. His coaching is why things haven't gone the distance. His coaching is why he takes his foot off the gas or on fourth and two puts Jimmy G out there and then doesn't end up going for it when all of us, every single person watching and listening would have put Trey Lance in on fourth and two or would have at least handed the ball off to Debo Samuel and let Debo Samuel put it all on the line. Fourth and two, give it to Debo. The Rams were not expecting it. Uh, Shanahan called a timeout. I thought it was amazing. I'm like, oh God, Shanahan's finally taking this big step forward as a coach. And then he then he doesn't go for it. And instead lets Jimmy G try and win the game. When the only game plan McVay had, and, and, and Shanahan lives in McVay's head, here he did, the only game plan McVay had was to stop Jimmy G, or I'm sorry, to stop the run and allow Jimmy G to win the game, which we all knew Jimmy couldn't do. And instead of switching it up, and letting Debo run the ball in fourth and two, or just putting Trey in to throw the kitchen sink at a coach that was game planned of letting only Jimmy G win the game. No, Shanahan doesn't do anything. So I don't want to hear that just because Shanahan takes his team to an NFC Championship game, has taken his team to a Super Bowl, or that, that that's his good coaching. His coaching's holding his offensive coordinator mind back. And, and my whole point is, once Trey gets in there, Trey's going to complement everything that, that Shanahan's bad at as a good head, as a, as a head coach, because this guy can improvise and get Shanahan out of these bad decisions. Once Shanahan finally trusts his quarterback, because they will be married and tied to each other, 
I think he finally can take that next step. But he's got to commit to him. I don't want to see Jimmy G. I don't want to see Jimmy G. I don't believe these reports. I'm not on here to, to validate these stupid comments that people make constantly about Jimmy G. Could he start week one? Will he start? Like, he's only going to start if there's an injury. And I don't want that to happen because that could lead them staying in the lineup. I'm sorry. Jesse, go ahead. I'm with you, brother. I was talking about many of the same things last night on my show. And really trying to rack my brain as to why Trey Lance is scrutinized the way that he is. And a lot of it is the 49ers doing. I mean, they've chosen to keep Jimmy G on the roster. I talked exactly about what you talked about with Belichick making the right decision, removing the problem before it became a problem. That's what the 49ers could have done last year. And I know that you look at it, look at it from a fantasy perspective, but I'm looking at it from a team perspective and a money perspective. The 49ers could have $50 million extra that they could have played with this offseason yeah. if they had just done what the Patriots did last year. They decided not to do that. Now Jimmy G has lingered, and yes, they've talked about trading him and all those other things. They've been un- unable to do so. And if for some reason they decide to keep him through training camp and then again this year, all they're doing is creating a narrative that works against Trey Lance. Yeah. And Trey Lance is very strong mentally. There's a That's one of the big reasons why you like him. It's one of the big reasons why I like him. But you can only take so much before you actually start to crack. So yeah. my hope is behind the scenes, Shanahan is actually telling him, hey, kid, we believe in you. You're our guy. Don't yeah. worry about any of the noise. It's you and that's it. And as long as he's doing that, he's great. But if he's not, he's missing a big opportunity here. Yeah. And I think that uh, I think that the, the other thing, too, um, is that, that Jimmy's in the doghouse. Like, Jimmy wasn't answering calls. Jimmy wasn't returning anyone's call. Jimmy wasn't able to be, uh, you know, reached at all. And Jimmy didn't allow this team the the flexibility or, or the ability to move around his injury because he he wasn't honest and upfront about his surgery and, and whether he needed it, when he was going to have it. And dropping that on the day of the combine was absolutely disgusting. And I think that, that Shanahan's so turned off by that. Once you get in Shanahan's doghouse, it's hard to get out. Ask, ask Brandon Ayuk. Um, I, I think that people don't realize that Jimmy's not in favor right now. Jimmy's not in a good light with this 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 coaching staff as a whole and, and with John. So I think that, that there's less threat right now. Again, though, Shanahan can't have this temptation of putting Jimmy G into the lineup if for any reason something weird happens, and that's the only concern I have. And I just don't want something weird to be lingering and have Jimmy go in there and, and win a game because the Niners carry him again because Jimmy's not a winner. The team's a winner, and Jimmy comes along for the ride. Now, I'm not talking about pre-ACL 29. Like, I get it. Jimmy had some value back in the day. This is a different player. This is a different player. This is Jimmy G. He is what he is now, and he's being carried. He's not doing any carrying himself. Trey might get carried from time to time, but Trey can also do what Jimmy G can't. He can carry the entire team on his back. On fourth and two, you could have thrown this man out there in that NFC Championship game and at least given yourself a shot because he would have been the kitchen sink that you're throwing at McVay. And that's where Shanahan has to have this kid in in the lineup because every flaw Shanahan has, Trey can compliment and, and help him with. 
Because if Shanahan takes his foot off the gas and calls a bad play call, guess what? Mr. Improvisation himself will take care of everything and, and grab the reins and get a first down because that's what he does. He's a first down. He's a he's a a tuck-and-run decision-making specialist. Whether people want to realize it or not or accept it or not, he's going to run. This kid's going to run. You don't necessarily want to do a bunch of design runs, but he's going to run. He's going to run because he's going to tuck and run like he did in college where he had 28 passing touchdowns, 14 rushing touchdowns, and zero interceptions because he's a good decision maker. And so this kid will naturally run the ball when he's in trouble. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. He's going to tuck and run and earn himself 7 to 10 touchdowns on the ground and probably 600 to 800 yards depending on how how much they do design run with him. But he will naturally run and find his way tripping and falling into 40, 50 yards a game. That's the nature of this kid. And that's a great thing. It's a great thing. Does it lead to a little bit more injury risk? Yeah, that's why I'm a little concerned about Jimmy being on the roster. Um, So anyway... Appreciate everybody being here in Twitter Spaces. Twitter Spaces, I got to end this. Uh, go over to uh, youtube.com slash the fantasy football show to listen to more. I had to do an early show today. I will make sure that my, my, uh, uh, actually, I'll leave it live for just a few more minutes. Um, and then, and then jump on over to youtube.com slash the fantasy football show to finish it out. I'll make sure to go live almost the entire time next, next show and, and we'll talk more. But, uh, Tyreek Hill versus Waddle real quick, and then I'm going to play uh, an episode from the Fantasy Football Intern, and then and then the show will be uh, at its conclusion today. Um, your boy Smitty's got to go to uh, Little Smitty the first is dance or uh, music recital, so I had to, to pre-record, or I was going to pre-record this, and then I decided just to go live early. Uh, Hill versus Waddle. Um, go watch my Dynasty video on this on the Dynasty channel, youtube.com slash Dynasty Fantasy Football. I basically tell you that you know, if you're if you're in a redraft, obviously Hill is a mid second, if you're lucky, late second round pick, and and that's phenomenal value. Um, but in dynasty, I'm I'm on the Waddle train, and and I think Waddle being 23 years old, uh, Hill being a speedster that most likely is going to suffer some sort of hamstring issue or issues in the next couple years, not necessarily right now, but he's 28 years old. Uh, think to Sean Jackson. These speed guys, these guys that are unbelievably fast, they oftentimes suffer the soft tissue and hamstring issues, um, especially when they hit like 29, 30 years old. They don't typically have full seasons like in their in their 32, 33 age seasons. So I, I think Tyreek Hill's got you know one to two years left. I think he certainly could. But at that point, I think Waddle could take over in a year and a half, two years as the top wide receiver option, the consistent option. So in Dynasty, even though it's hard to imagine when you're on the clock, you're passing on Tyreek Hill for Waddle. For those listening or those watching that don't play Dynasty, Dynasty is very different than than Redraft. You're thinking a lot more long-term, but you're trying to account for can you win now as well because you don't want to miss out on championships in 2022 and 2023 because you keep playing for the future. There is a a tough, happy medium between fighting too too much for the future, meaning you're always playing for a second place. You never really win because you're too focused on getting 23 and 22-year-old players on your roster. But at the same time, if you can get maybe the same now value out of Waddle as Hill, and there, there's the argument that he could be just as productive. He had a great you know season last year, great rookie year, and I think Waddle was on the verge, the precipice of becoming a, a freaking top 
I don't know, seven to ten overall wide receiver in the NFL. Tyreek Hill came in and kind of rained on that parade. But I think Waddle still got that upside. And if Hill can't stay healthy out after about a year, year and a half, two years, which I think is definitely in the realm of possibility. I know people don't want to believe that, but but this happens with speedy guys like this. Uh, soft tissue stuff, it's going to start lingering. It's going to start popping up. This guy's been firing off on that hamstring, on those hamstrings, differently than, than average wide receivers. This guy is all about speed, all about quick twitching. Like this this dude has been been at it for a while. And 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 it's gonna add up, and I think Waddle is a very good target if you've got Hill in in a in a dynasty league. Maybe even go for for a, a trade swap of some sorts. Uh, let me go to the comments real quick. Uh, Waddle in dynasty says Kenny. So Kenny agrees with me there. Enjoy the music, bro. The musical, bro. Thank you, Grind. Appreciate you. Um, we're gonna see the Niners get exposed this year, says Kyle. Without McDaniel, regardless of quarterback. You know, I do fear that McDaniel is a bigger loss than people think, but I do think this guy came from Shanahan's coaching tree. So, in a sense, I don't, I don't know if that's a fair statement, but I will say that I do like McDaniel a little more than Shanahan. <laughs> um, but maybe Shanahan changes my mind. Maybe Shanahan finally commits to Trey Lance. I think that is going to be Shanahan's saving grace is if he commits, he fully commits uh, to this situation. Uh, okay, Spaces, appreciate you. I'm going to end it now. Go to youtube.com slash the fantasy football show, and I'll go live tomorrow uh, for the show. Appreciate you, Spaces. Um, that was space, Twitter Spaces. Let me end that real quick. Uh, um, I'll get to the voicemails that you guys left today for tomorrow. I'm sorry I didn't get to them yet. Here's this episode. Enjoy, and then I'll see you guys all tomorrow. Sorry I went live early. The fantasy football industry has been leveled by the pandemic, and the show must go on i had to come up with different revenue streams a different kind of product line think outside the box man okay um i want to i wanted to get everybody on a zoom call for one i wanted to introduce tom new member of the team hey tom hey darren hey mom and him hello i am tom hey tom Tom, uh, I hired Tom on for a number of reasons. Number one, he's got narcolepsy. I figure we can really use that. It gets us a special parking pass during NFL events. It puts me on a whole new level for, for discounts for things that I buy for the show. We need to come up with a couple different revenue streams. Who has an idea? I got one. Pick me, Smitty. I got one. How many times do you want to sit down when you're standing? We developed the sit-stand. Truth be told, I was pretty shocked when Grant came up with it. It's a, it's a brilliant idea. That's right. You sit while you're standing and no one knows it. You're on to something. You're on to something. Tom! 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 I didn't think he'd drop in meeting one, especially during the conception of the sit-stand. He was neither sitting or standing. He was laying on the floor during the conception of the product. Tom! Tom! Shit! Tom! Tom! Tom, you gotta Tom! get up, buddy. How are we gonna be accepted in this new industry of wearable furniture if one-third of our team can neither sit or stand? The first meeting! Bless your heart, Tom. Tom! How are we gonna get Tom up? Tom! Then I remembered during the interview with Tom, he had an echo dot.
He's got an Alexa. Alexa, wake Tom up. Alexa, wake up Tom. Play Snapping is for Pimps by Smitty, a.k.a. Pimp, Pimp Daddy. I'm sorry. I don't know the song. Snapping is for Pimps by Smitty. Would you like me to dial 911? Alexa! Wake Tom up! Tom, get up. Get your ass up. So hurry up! Wake him up! Okay, guys. Um, actually, I have a couple more minutes to answer some questions. Let me go to those voice messages and uh, answer those real quickly. Uh, we have uh, from voicemail group number one. We've got this from Tariq. Hey, Smitty. It's Tariq. Happy Wednesday. I uh, just had a question. Um, if I were to take an auction redraft league to get Christian McCaffrey, if he was not retained by a keeper from last year, uh, would you value him as an RB2 or an RB1? Or do you think I should be a complete avoid for him in 2022? Thanks, Paul. Um, if I were to take an auction redraft league to get Christian McCaffrey, if he was not retained... So, McCa- McCaffrey's tough because... Here's the thing. If you guys want more of the fantasy football intern, go to my YouTube channel on the main YouTube page, my homepage. Scroll down and you'll see all four episodes of the fantasy football intern. They're they're clear as day. You can't miss them. And uh, there's four episodes. Episode five should drop this month, which is going to be a phenomenal episode, especially if you watch episode four. There's a little cliffhanger there. Um, So episode four will be out soon. Share those episodes, get those likes up, uh, because they do take a lot of time to make these sitcoms. Um, so we need those views up to, to justify the time uh, spent. But uh, I love doing them, and I think uh, I'm going to continue to do them no matter what. But definitely helps to have the views up on, on those episodes. Um, McCaffrey's tough because McCaffrey is basically, like, we haven't seen him drop off. You know, we've only seen him continue to get hurt. So... It's tough for me to say that McCaffrey's, like, done. I can't tell you that his talent's dropped off. I don't think it has. Um, I think the problem is, can he can he even play half a season? Uh, I don't know. It, I'm willing to give McCaffrey a shot and at least one. Like, I do want one, at least one share of McCaffrey. Like, there are players like Akers. I want no shares of Akers. I want no shares of Barkley. I kind of want one share of Derrick Henry... You know, in one league, if he fell to the right value, but there's no way I'm taking him in the top five or six in, in a, overall in any fantasy football draft. So he'd have to fall to like eight or nine and, and then just be like, that's a league I'm willing to take a chance on trading him before he gets hurt. Because I don't think Derrick Henry's going to play a full season. I just don't, it just doesn't seem possible at all to me. But I'm, I'm more tempted to say I'm, I'm more along the lines of I don't want any Derrick Henry shares than that I do. I'm a little bit more toward the acres fear with Derrick Henry. With McCaffrey, I want one share. I don't want multiple shares. I don't want multiple leagues to come crashing down, but I do want him in one league just in case he does stay healthy because I do believe Christian McCaffrey has not dropped off physically. I believe he just probably the mileage won't allow him to stay healthy anymore. So I, I kind of feel like we're looking at like, a, a, you know, he's amazing for as many games as he's on the field, but does he miss four, five, six, seven, eight games? I don't know. So that puts him at like 12, you know, overall, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 overall. If you can buy him an auction at that equivalent auction value, and, and Tariq, I'm working on your auction video. I'm sorry about the delay. 
then like meaning if you're spending $70 or $68 on JT in an auction, that's number one overall. Eckler's like, so if, if JT 70, let's say Eckler's like 61, you know, and that's like the fourth running back or whatever. And McCaffrey's down at the end of the first round in a in a snake draft, so that would be like fifty five or fifty. If you can buy McCaffrey for fifty something dollars, like mid fifties, in one league in an auction, I'm okay with that because that's that's packaging in a few missed games. Because if McCaffrey plays seventeen games, McCaffrey's going to be worth seventy dollars. Yeah, I, I. But the problem is he won't play full a full slate of games, in my opinion. So McCaffrey at fifty. 50 to 55 dollars accounts for missed games so i'm okay with that in one league but Tariq, don't do it in multiple leagues i don't trust him hey what's up smitty so what do we do with the eagles Tony. running backs do we do we use miles sanders as an rb1 on their team or is it a, a committee do you believe in gainwell what i do mean we do with that situation rb1 for the team yeah rb1 in fantasy no um miles sanders is is he did a lot better last year than people think so Miles Sanders kind of feels like he's got uh, a high-end flex value in fantasy, maybe very low-end running back two value. But if you own Sanders last year, he he was nothing. Like you you put him in your lineup and you'd be like, this is a waste of time. Like this is a waste of an attempt at getting points putting Sanders in your lineup. So I'm not saying that under this new uh, offensive potential that they have with AJ Brown coming over. I'm not saying there's not good upside for, for Sanders this year, but he's got to be like high-end flex value or like you've, you've ignored your running back to the entire draft and you're coming into like round six or something or seven and you're like, Sanders is there. Maybe I get Gainwell and Sanders together and couple them or whatever backup you want to pair with with Sanders and you roll out that that platoon or, or you make Sanders a part of a platoon. you got Tony Pollard, you got Madison, You've got maybe even AJ Dillon and Miles Sanders as your running back two platoon. I like that, but I don't. I don't believe in Sanders uh, yet. So be careful, Smitty. I think I know your answer. Your answer to this question, but what's your uh, thoughts on uh, Brandon Cooks for Dynasty? I know he's older, but uh, wanted to, uh, your opinion on this one. Underrated underrated but uh i would say it's hard to trust him you don't know when that fall off is going to happen he's had a lot of concussion issues in his career so like that could take him out at any moment um he hasn't suffered any of those lately so that's good but concussions are uh you do uh get a concussion quicker the second time and the third time the fourth time um progressively could get worse sometimes it doesn't always but um you know and there's different protocols and and helmets and things that, that help with that stuff nowadays but but I, I think he's still a concern, but he's still also an upside guy. So if you're talking like high-end wide receiver three, I like him. Like, sure. If you're talking about having him be your high-end wide receiver two, a little bit too much risk for me. Uh, I, I'm not opposed to it. You're not taking a lap making him your wide receiver two or anything like that. But I'm just not like super into uh, drafting him um, any higher than that value. Grant. Hey, Smitty, I've got a dynasty startup draft coming up in a couple weeks. Uh, it's a two QB, uh, 10-man league. Um, I've got the pick, uh, 105. I'm pretty sure, you know, 
Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and Justin Herbert will be off the board. So at 105, should I go uh, Jonathan Taylor or maybe grab Chase or Justin Jefferson? Or should I just go ahead and lock up a QB since it's two QB and, and snag Kyler or Joe Burrow? would love to get your take. Thanks. Uh, I'm not opposed to Burrow there, but I'm also not opposed to JT. But I guess the question you got to ask yourself, because everyone, everybody else always wants to know what my strategy is in, in Superflex. And I don't think a lot of people like the answer. The answer is, I don't know. <laughs> and and most people are like, well, how could you not know? Because Superflex is different across league to league. You got to kind of know your your people. And if you don't know your people, you got to assume quarterbacks are going to go like that. You, you got you to make that safe assumption. Um, I have Superflexes that I've draft in, drafted in where... Literally, I could get Brady and Aaron Rodgers at like 18, 19, 20. In some super flexes, I've gotten Trey Lance and A-Rod at the back-to-back 24 and 25 picks. So I've had the one pick, I've gone like, you know, JT, and I've gone Lance and like Aaron Rodgers. In other super flexes, you couldn't even sniff Aaron Rodgers or Trey Lance at 24. So it really depends on your league, bro. And I don't know your league. Are they apt to hold... Like, if you drafted in this league before, are they apt to hold back on quarterback? Like, they treat quarterback a little bit different, but not extremely different. Those those are the questions that only you know. And if you can answer, yeah, quarterbacks can fall to 24, then I wait. I wait. I'd, re- I'd much rather have JT and then wait on... And, and even if you're just getting one quarterback, you typically want to in that, in that top three... But it, it, I'm not forcing a, a Matt Ryan. I'm not forcing a Dak Prescott. If I can get a Javante Williams, a JT, and an Aaron Rodgers, I'll walk out with those three versus forcing a you know a, a Stafford or something. I just don't like build like when you when you force Stafford within your first two picks or something. I don't think you're gonna walk out loving your team. You might have good quarterbacks on paper, but but you're missing out on opportunities like. Uh, in a super flex, I wouldn't be opposed to going no quarterback in the first three rounds if I thought for sure a guy like, uh, I don't know, I could get like Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence as my quarterbacks in round four and five, you know, five and six or whatever. It all depends. Super flex is very different across leagues. You have to know how quickly quarterbacks will go. If you think they're all going to get gobbled up, take Burrow. Take Burrow at, at four or five. Hey, Smitty, big Steeler fan here. Just curious, do you think Mitchell Trubisky or Kenny Pickett will get the start uh, for the game one 2020 season? Uh, I'll take your answers off the air. To br- you, Trubisky, but but I don't know that he stays in there. I, 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 I'm, I'm rooting for him. I actually do hope he does well. I hope everybody was wrong about him. I think it would be amazing, but I, I think that Pickett starts games. Seems like every year a late round uh, running back uh, does really well on San Francisco's lineup. Uh, who do you like this year? Kind of targeting a late round sleeper for the San Francisco uh, running back core. Thanks. I mean, Dave Price. I like Price, the rookie. I think he's this year's. Look, Price is this year's Mitchell. Price is Mitchell. Mitchell is Price. Finkel is Einhorn. Einhorn is Finkel. Okay, so. That's your guy. Go get Price. Go get this kid, this rookie. He he's the Mitchell of the season. Um, I like Mitchell a lot. He's falling to like fifth round range. So if you pair Mitchell and Price together, I'm I'm okay with that. That's a really good running back too. 
and it only costs you the earliest pick of the two picks that you'd use to get Price and Mitchell. It's costing you a fifth-round pick. I'm okay with that. If you've got to pay anything higher than fifth-round value for Mitchell, I don't like it because I don't trust Shanahan sticking to one guy, and I don't trust Mitchell to stay healthy all year. So that's why if you had to pick just one and you didn't want to spend a high draft capital on, on Mitchell, which I don't advise, only fifth round, uh, I would say just take price. Just take price. Um, and yeah, that that's... Uh, thank you for the messages, guys. Appreciate you dropping those. Um, sorry, the show is going to be a short one today. It's not that short. We've gone... Actually, we've gone 50. <laughs> it's almost a full show. It's 51 minutes. Never mind. We didn't even go short. I always try and do something short, and I never do it. <laughs> I'm going to do a 15-minute show. Miss Smitty, I'm going to do a 15-minute show. Um, where, where is this? Uh, here's, here's this right here. I was going to drop something on here. I'll play it later. Um, get on over to Sleeper You. Dot com get your lifetime membership get your two years of free text advice if you purchase the highest level lifetime membership and then never pay for written content again leave a comment i respond to every comment on my channel so if i didn't get to your question and i'm sorry today was a really weird show if i didn't get to your question please leave a comment i will get to it we'll be back we'll be back to the normal schedule time tomorrow 7 p.m eastern appreciate everyone